Good afternoon. This is Bakes, Kevin Baker with Bakes Takes. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, this is Saturday, March 13th. Let's get right into it, folks. Uh, number one, vaccines, check. Number two, stimulus, check. Number three, stocks up, no check yet. Uh, we'll go into all that. Uh, why I do this, Bobby and Jack, my sons, they're in their 20s. Uh, they were in uh, undergrad business programs. And they and their friends would fire questions at me. And they figured that I knew something because I went through the 87 crash and uh, been in two mutual funds, two hedge funds, two institutional firms. I kind of know where the bodies are buried. Uh, Studied technical analysis a great deal. I do a lot of fundamental work, but I uh, believe in charts and, and price and volume. And I go technicals first, fundamentals second. It's not right or wrong. It's just what works for me. Uh, I read maybe the things that you don't care about, or at least to the extent that I do. Barron's The Economist. Uh, I listen to dozens of podcasts. I listen to, I read dozens of newsletters and I uh, cherry pick and I try to bring to you what is, uh, you know, what are profitable opportunities. And that's all they are, profitable opportunities. Nothing works out all the time, but we're doing pretty well. Uh, I monitor what my Google alerts bring and I bring that to you as well. Uh, I always point you to them. I always give attribution. And if you want to do that work and, and, and follow up, you can. But know that I'll do it for you. And I eat home cooking. All I talk about is, is what I've invested in, what I'm interested in. I have no conflicts. Now, having said all that, uh, disclaimer, this is not investment advice. Please conduct and share your own due diligence. And the more this becomes a community interactive with ideas flowing back and forth, uh, the more fun we're going to have, uh, and the more money we're going to make, in my view. So, uh, first uh, 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 fan mail or, or, or question. Uh, Mike, my producer, uh, at the tail end of, of last week said, you know, it was a pretty thoughtful question, I thought. You know, why play this short-term game? Uh, should I pay attention daily? Uh, if I focus on the 10-year outlook, I'd probably make more money. His words, not mine. And... Um, and I, I've been thinking about it all week, frankly, and uh, got up early uh, to, 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 you know, crystallize the show. And I left in, uh, just as a starting point, my, my Royal Caribbean example from last week. And I think it, it's, it's germane. Uh, uh, Royal Caribbean, I, I talked about my self-discipline last week. I would encourage you to reference that. And um, uh, it just flat out works. It, it, it gets you out of meaningful, uh, out of the way of meaningful declines. In this case... Uh, 111 to to uh, to the teens, uh, down 22 percent in one year, and um, now it's bounced back. So it's, it's 11 to 19 to 86, and you know Mike said it, you know maybe it all it all comes out in the wash, works out in the end, and you know down 22 percent, maybe it's up 22 percent a year from now. So. I dovetail that with my my portfolio that I share with you every month, but I do it here because I think this is, I always say, what does the math say? What works? And so if you look at this, everything from blockchain to copper to Bitcoin to e-gaming, agriculture, shorting bonds, uranium, everything's green. There's no losses, nothing down 22%, certainly, and everything's green. And my first response to Mike's thoughtful question was uh, all of these beat Royal Caribbean and if you own losers you can invest in winners and what happens is is human nature takes over and you spend 80% of your time on 20% of the problem children in your portfolio and so you're not 
finding new themes that 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 can provide profits. So, uh, you know, in the case of uh, Bitcoin, we're up 229%. We wouldn't have had that opportunity if we didn't have the capital, uh, if the capital was tied up in Royal Caribbean. So that's my first response. My next take is, um, I think this is a, as a practical matter, there's very true long-term investors, in my opinion. Think about you over the course of this week, the listener, anyone, you know, did you check your phone, your Robinhood account, your Fidelity account daily this week? And if you tell me you didn't, okay, you might be one of the long-term investors. There's 11 of you out there of this great nation of 350 million people, but you know, most people can't help ourselves and it isn't right, you know, right or wrong. It's, 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 you know, we now have used to have a, a, a Quotron that, you know, weighed as much as, as a Buick on your desk. And that's what you had to do to get quotes. Now they're on your phone, you know, trading's free. The accounts are free and uh, it's just easy. CNBC is seemingly everywhere. And so if you're a really long-term investor, great. Uh, I, but, uh, you know, be honest with yourself. That's what you really are. Number two, I think it's a happy medium. I think you can be both. I think you can be long-term in your retirement plan. And this is all we do, my wife and I, is uh, there's, there's, you know, 401k, there's, there's uh, index funds, uh, some international, some S&P. And then we add my ideas on top because I think I can, I can you know, I'm not going to be right all the time, but I think if I can find enough good themes, and certainly I have thus far, I can augment what's going on and I can sort of marry the long term with the short term. So uh, I hope that's helpful. Tell me if it isn't. Give me your comments and and I'll I'll address it in in future shows. Uh, Next, uh, Jack texted me, my son, and asked about the stimulus bill and its effect on equity markets. And um, uh, I think that some percentage of the $1,400 that's going to be uh, uh, drifting into accounts right now as we speak this weekend, uh, you know, some of that's going to go into stocks. And I also think some of that's going to go into spending, retail spending. You know, uh, I think I need a new wedge. I really do. Uh, that's my, my, you know, my excuse now is my short game. Anyway, uh, so uh, I bring that up because it dovetails with, with a buy we had this past week. And I bought the uh, Spider S&P Retail ETF, XRT. And uh, you're going to love this. Uh, as it turns out, 4% or so of the portfolio, which of course moves around a lot, is GameStop, GME. Yes, I'm touching the stove. Gingerly, with a small amount of money, but I'm touching, I'm mixing my metaphors, I'm, but I'm touching the stove a little bit. Um uh, I've been astonished about how this thing has acted. The earnings call was around March 25th. That is an, uh, a hard and fast date. And I want to see how they become a digital gaming company. Uh, that's the only way I can see they justify this move and the valuation. Um, uh, you know, the the Chewy founder is head of a task force or a team that is transforming the company into a digital enterprise. You know, uh, he clearly did that in the in the in the the pet uh, category. Can it work in gaming? We'll see. We'll see. You know, I'll never say never. I can't have a hard time envisioning it right now. But I'm in. Uh, and also, the rest of the retail ETF. Some of that money is going to be going into to uh, buying one eight hundred flowers and Albertsons and and things like that. So it's a good looking chart, especially on the weekly, which you see here. 
Uh, it's a weekly closing high. The volume is picking up exactly the way I want. And then let's go to the GameStop uh, chart, Mike. It's it's the 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 XRT is a more uh, uh, gentle or 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 suppressed version of GameStop. So GameStop is clearly uh, uh, impacting the 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 XRT ETF in a big way. Again, it's four percent or so of the XRT. The market cap now is eighteen billion dollars. And the analyst estimates, which I don't know how much they're worth, but this year they're going to lose $2 plus. And I said, tongue-in-cheek, kind of being a wise-ass, that uh, you know the one thing that, that would drive this thing north is you wake up Monday morning and they've, they've, they've spacked. And they've combined Epic and GameStop into a SPAC. And uh, uh, somehow it becomes uh, uh, Fortnite stop. And uh, that sounded outlandish at the time. It sounds less outlandish when I see Ryan Cohen. About the only thing the company has officially said since all this madness began was that he is leading the charge in in terms of transforming the company. I called Chewy too because again I can't help myself. I'm a wise ass. Um, and uh, I also uh, was surprised that how strong the stock has been the short interest has gone from over 70 the the shares out 70 million the shares outstanding down to 11 so my country song was that you know they've mopped up all the kerosene my matches don't matter now it's a little wordy but i think it's going to be a hit and uh um so it's down to about you know 15 percent of the shares outstanding i think the short squeeze is over but we're here at 265. I thought the lid was 77. I thought it could fill the gap at 212, and it basically blew through those. So something's going on here, folks. And uh, I'm watching with, with great interest with a very, very small uh, investment. So my take is the stimulus is likely largely priced into the general market. It's been discussed for months. There's no surprise here. Uh, I think selling the rumor might have already happened in terms of the Nasdaq stocks. Uh, but again, my, my take is I'm amazed at GME. Another lid is broken, even with the short interest way down. So I hope I address that, Jack. Uh, please share this with your, your uh, Robinhood or your Reddit friends. Uh, thank you. Send your other stocks ideas, and I'll offer a strategy for them as well. Uh, it's really fun for me. I hope I'm helpful. Please stay tuned. Next is my themes and groups, and we cover this a lot uh, over the past couple of weeks, but bottom line is I like all my themes that I've mentioned before, and particularly uranium. Uh, I'm watching the 200-day moving averages, which we're pretty far away from, to be fair, um, but I know the market's not cheap. Uh, I put up the Buffett chart that Bobby suggested the other day, and there's no way around it. Stocks are expensive. Interest rates are going up, and how this tug-of-war plays itself out is going to be very interesting to see. I like the way I'm positioned at at, uh, at the moment. Uh, next, podcast of the week. Uh, this is Josh Brown. He's the CEO of Ritholtz Wealth Management, the compound show, one of my favorites, consistently good week after week after week. And he interviews uh, Mark Fisher, a uh, legendary trader. Uh, and Joe Terranova was on the show as as he says that there's a, uh, uh, you know, a heavy dose of Long Island accents in this one. I'm from Boston. I gratefully don't have an accent, which is kind of neat. Uh, at 106, uh, Mark Fisher says, you know, act like it's pre-ways and get lost. 
meaning you have a small amount of money, real money, and make mistakes and take wrong turns and take dead ends and and you know go into reverse. Um, and I just think it's 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 analogous to my touch the stove uh, analogy. I, I'm not paternalistic. And I don't think we need a nanny state to say, oh, you know, the you fellows with Robin Hood's accounts sit on your hands because you don't know what you're doing. Maybe some of you do, maybe some of you don't. We'll find out and you'll figure it out. And just do it with money that you can afford to lose. That's all. But use real money and learn. Keep notes. And uh, and I hope that we can help you find the way in in some way. So touch the stove gingerly to go back to my term. Get lost, but not wayward. And um, and also, for what it's worth, Mark is looking to train traders uh, at MBF Capital. And I've got in the show notes here a link there. Uh, he's a, a, a big personality, legendary guy. And uh, if you're interested, go to the show notes and, 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 and check that out and uh, listen to the podcast. I recommend it. The next one is Baron Streetwise with Jack Howe. Uh, I think he's uh, one of the funniest writers in financials. Uh, in, in the financial space. Now, some would say that it's a very low bar, but he's still a funny guy in my view. And he interviewed Kathy Wood, uh, uh, the ARC uh, uh, investment CEO. You know, she's up 152% last year, which is just crazy. And I love the fact that she goes down 20% or the funds go down 20% and everybody is, you know, apoplectic that that Ron Barron sold Tesla and Tesla has gone down. Are you kidding me? If I'm up 152% down 20, I will do that all day long. Every year for years. I mean, now, it won't happen that way. The world is, is too disorganized. But uh, now I will say this. I wouldn't chase her ideas. And if you do, uh, uh, realize that she's you know longer term. She uses five-year models in most cases. And she's very high-octane. You know, most of her most of her companies are unprofitable, and and she likes that. She likes the fact that they, you know, Amazon it or or Netflix it, meaning they they plow the money back in the business to build the moat, and then they turn the spigot on, and and the cash flows down to the bottom line once the 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 competitive position has been made. Now, reason I bring this up, although the whole podcast is great at 17 minutes and this is what i do i really spoon feed you i mean if you want to just go to where i direct you you can cut really to the wheat from the chaff but at 17 minutes she uh, talks about bitcoin which in one of her funds is the number three position through the grayscale bitcoin trust gbtc which i own as well so i obviously have a vested interest here she used to work with Art Laffer, legendary economist, creator of the Laffer Curve. Uh, and um, they had this debate. They're obviously you know, very bright people and said, you know, is this money? Could this be money? And they came to the conclusion that, yes, this could serve as, as money. And what would that mean? How big could this be? And Art Laffer said to Kathy, uh, well, what's the U.S. monetary base? And at the that point in time it was 4.5 trillion dollars now it's 8 trillion now this is simple math and obviously i don't want to have a false precision here but all i did was i took 8 trillion dollars divided by the number of bitcoin ultimately which is 21 million that's the cap and the bitcoin price that that garners is 380 grand 
Now, and I said, huh, that's interesting. And then I went back to the memory banks, and we talked about an interview that the Winklevoss twins did. And they said, well, what if you divide by you, you divide 21 million uh, into gold? Gold is roughly a $10 trillion market cap, if you will. And that gets you to 476. So apparently over the weekend, Mike tells me, uh, Bitcoin is at 60,000. And the t- a reasonable range is basically 380 to 480. You know, you want to round up to f- half a million dollars, great. But that's a pretty logical way to get to higher prices from here over time. But as we see, corporation after corporation, led by MicroStrategy, dedicating meaningful amounts of their balance sheets to, to, to Bitcoin, we're on our way to these levels, I believe. So argue with me, tell me I'm wrong, tell me I'm right. I'd love to hear, uh, hear hear the feedback, but some pretty bright people coming up with big numbers. Next, reporters of the week. Now, this is from the op-ed page, and we uh, this is Dr. Marty Macquarie. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Johns Hopkins professor, and the uh, the headline kind of says it all: COVID prescription, get the vaccine, wait a month, return to normal. And I say this because. For some reason, many people still want to cling to the negatives of the pandemic. Yes, a half a million people dying is is horrible out of 350 million U.S. citizens. But the vaccine is a medical marvel. I've never heard of a vaccine coming out in a year. And uh, the people that don't want to get it, well, that's their business. They can do that and, 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 and take their risks. But... This is the fellow that, that, that said we're going to be to herd immunity by May. And it looks like he's going to be right. So uh, I just, as, as investors, I just put this on top of a an accelerant to the economy and maybe to the stock market, but you know how I feel about that. My sense is, just by, by crazy timing, weather's getting warmer, people are getting friskier, the, the uh, vaccinations go through the roof. People want to get on planes, trains, and automobiles. And, and all this happens with $1.9 trillion being uh, put on top by, uh, by, by, by Congress. So there's a lot of kerosene being put up here. And I think this matches. The, the debate is going to be, or the, the struggle or, the, or the, the conflict is, how much does this lead to higher interest rates? What's baked in? And how much can stocks go up if the risk-free rate of interest rates goes up? So a lot of push and pull there. But I got to believe the Fed is watching this. I can't be the only one. Uh, I certainly you know, would love to read charts for, Jer- uh, for Chairman Powell. But I just, you know, the world is getting much, much better, folks. And, and uh, you know, let's let's take the win and the victory lap and say, you know, God bless America. My take is most are going to take his advice. I sure as heck am. The economy will rip. Rates might rip as well. And again, watch the tour today moving averages to invoke the sell discipline if you need to. We're not there anywhere close to that yet. Uh, although in some technology, it's already happening. So something to look out for. Next, the Wall Street Journal. And this is about as much of a macro uh, perspective that I ever bring. But it's germane because of, of uh, you know one of our investments. So this is why I bring it up. 
This is by Sam Goldfarb in the Wall Street Journal. Flood of new debt tests bond market. And obviously, I love visuals. Take a look at this chart. This is net treasury supply versus Fed buying. And it is obviously screaming north. We are, are, are uh, issuing treasuries like it's nobody's business. The Fed is buying as much as, as, as they can. And rates are still going up. So I don't see how they keep ra- rates from, from going up from here. It's possible, but this chart sure makes the job look really, really difficult. Next is, is treasury debt auction sizes. And again, every maturity is going north big time. And we haven't even gotten to the infrastructure bill, which is going to have another trillion dollars plus to add to all this. So this brings me to my Instagram post, my tweet uh, from a month ago. And I, I said this when I bought uh, TBF, which is the, the ProShares short 20 plus year bond ETF and kept it short and sweet. I said, that's a breakout folks. I show the, 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 you know, three year trend that is broken. I think we have a chance to break out of a 40 year trend at some point down the road. And I said, interest rates are going up. Bond prices are going down full disclosure. I have a position and I try to avoid um, uh, uh, bias as best I can, uh, uh, confirmation bias, but everything I see leads to higher rates. So I'll let you know when I find conflicting evidence, but here's what I have thus far. And I, and again, you tell me what you like, don't like about, about the analysis. Next, um, uh, I, I brought up my, uh, I posted this again last week. It's from September, 2020. And I've made, you know, I'm going to give you my bad calls too, but this is from September, 2020. My three minutes on bond prices going down yields at that point were about 60 basis points. Now they're at 160 and I kept it. I, I recommend it highly. It's a good three minutes. And I, in essence, show money supply going North, uh, and, and gold going North. And every time that has happened like this, and frankly, this is the most extreme example we've ever seen, interest rates go up by 250 basis points. So I didn't need to go get a PhD in econometrics to do this. I needed a chart book. And so uh, it's already started to happen. I think it's still going north. I think we still have 150 basis points to go, maybe more. And uh, again, argue with me if you'd like. Next is The Economist. They don't do bylines. They have anonymous reporting. And I don't understand why, because I think they're very, very good. Uh, It's one of my favorites. But anyway, they talk about nuclear power must be well-regulated, not ditched. And part of this is this is the 10-year anniversary of Fukushima, the the tsunami that that, uh, swamped. uh, They called it, they they have a great phrase, uh, the puddle from hell uh, burn the, the, uh, you know, burning through the, the, the reactor foundation, something along those lines. And, but this is what caught my eye. You know, two things have to be remembered. Uh, well-regulated nuclear power is safe. The terrible, uh, uh Soviet area exception, which is 35 years ago, Chernobyl, 86 was, uh, Chernobyl. Nuclear disasters come without large death tolls. I'm sure that's not popular, but it was the tsunami, not the radiation, that claimed 20,000 lives in Fukushima first. Uh, The other is that the climate's in crisis, and nuclear power plants can supply some of the vast amounts of emission-free electricity the world needs to cope. Solar and wind are now much cheaper, but they're intermittent. And so if you're going to have a reliable grid, you need to have 
you know, base level generating capacity that's available all the time. Nuclear fits that bill without having uh, ongoing emissions, and it's doing so safely and at scale around the world. So the uh, I've mentioned I'm bullish on uranium, right? That's come up. Okay. Um, and, and the, the hits keep on coming. Next, the New York Times. Peter Goodman, Alexander Stevenson, Nirash Kokshi, and uh, Michael Corkery uh, uh, this past week had a great story on, on freight rates. And this, this closing paragraph, I think, kind of brings it all home. Peter Baum's company in New York, Baum Essex, uses factories in China, Southeast Asia, to make umbrellas for Costco, cotton bags for Walmart, ceramics for 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 bed bath and beyond pretty broad you know uh, product mix and six months ago he was paying twenty five hundred dollars to ship a 40-foot container to california quotes we just paid six thousand to seven thousand dollars he said this is the highest freight rate that i have seen in 45 years in the business and that's in a very short period of time in early september he waited 90 days just to get a spot on a ship for a container of, of wicker chairs and tables. So uh, sidebar, inflation CPI came out this week. It was 0.4%. I don't know what the heck is in that. I could look it up. I, but, you know, inflation is, there's no way that that's not going to show up in Costco and Bed Bath and & Beyond and and affect uh, prices paid uh, in, in very short order. It just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. So do with that what you will, but that also feeds into bonds sucking and and prices going down, I think, for a while. Next, uh, uh, my charts and tweets of the week. And I brought this up, uh, and I couldn't find the, the episode. We had a, a fan come in and say, hey, I'm really you know excited about Pfizer because of, of the vaccine. And so I went back, and I, and I said, I'm not that optimistic about that for a host of reasons, uh, number one, it's you know Pfizer's a huge company. Uh, I don't think they can make a lot of money on the vaccine. I think that's political suicide. And so the stock went from 34 to 43, and here we are at 34. We bought the rumor and we sold the news. And uh, you know, and Pfizer, I mean, is doing doing incredible things for the country and for people and humanity. It's just there's two different things. There's there's you know, the, the business and there's the stock price and the stock price is saying, uh, you're not making much money on this and you're going to make it for two years and then it's going to go away. And and that's what's happened. I bring that up because Moderna looks like a less extreme example of this. Now, obviously for them, the, the vaccine is a much, you know, it's the only product that they sell. Uh, so this has gone from a hundred to 189 to 136. And it looks like it's rolled over. It looks like a right shoulder to me that's forming. Again, we bought the rumor. We sold the news. And uh, I, I, didn't, I didn't put up Novavax, but Novavax just put out positive data. So now the fourth company that's selling vaccines. Uh, I think we're going to be swimming in vaccines before you know it. And I think these stocks are going to be underwater to you know, keep up with my aquatic analogy. Uh, next, newsletters of the week. Bear Traps Report, I really recommend this a lot. Larry McDonald and his team. Um, capital Games Trending on Google. And this is a 10-year chart. I, you know I always reference the time, uh, you know, the relative time aspect to these charts. The longer they are, the more meaningful they are. Uh, record, record highs of capital gains being talked about in Google. 
bring that up because they tie it into the the very plausible theory in my view that much of the decline in in 2000 that uh internet bubble was due to people selling for capital to pay capital hefty capital gains taxes in on april 15th of 2000 well it's uh march 13th right now we're a month away don't be shocked if you said maybe we're already seeing it in the Teslas and the Microsofts and the Amazons where you, people have had huge gains and they just taken some off the table and it might be largely over. But, you know, we can't be shocked that that these these, uh, you know, major winners are, are, are given some ground back. And this might be a plausible reason why. So it makes it my take is that it makes sense to me. Uh, next, uh, cannabis, Mexico set to legalize marijuana. And, uh, and, and and very likely to become the world's largest market. And they, they put it in a kind of a cool way is that the, the you know, uh, the U.S. is going to be, uh, uh, you know, sandwiched, my word's not theirs, between two pot-selling neighbors. And I just think that politicians being the way they are are going to say, wait a minute, if revenue is going to Mexico, we sure as heck need it in New York. Which brings me to the next point that they bring up, that uh, uh, the Senate and, and Cuomo, if he's still around, because he's in the hot water right now, obviously, uh, there could be a deal made in the next couple of weeks to, to uh, legalize marijuana in New York. And now New Jersey went during the last election, and I, I stare at Pennsylvania, and I got to believe that that's a re- reasonable domino to fall in the near future. And uh, I just think the cannabis theme continues to to gain steam in my view. That is the show, folks. Uh, please also subscribe to my Bakes Takes YouTube channel. The audio is the same, but the charts that I reference are on the screen. Follow us on Twitter at Bakes Takes underscore and other social media. Please, please use your voice memo app, tape your questions, and email to bakes at bakestakespodcast.com or write in if you'd prefer. I'll keep you anonymous if you'd like. Thank you for listening. Mike Wilson is my producer. Uh, Thanks as always. Have a great week. This is Bakes. And for much needed levity, uh, another Massachusetts guy, Pete Holmes, the worst thing to say at a party. Enjoy. I hope you get a chuckle. And I will see you next week. Take care now. Bye.